Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. Can go wherever you want. Hello out there. Hello world. Oh. The triumphal return. We like to take our time. It's not anything personal. We we have we. This is a triumphant return. You're coming back from New York City. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've really covered the ground of all the things, that, all of all the um, we didn't record a podcast excuses. We've really we've yeah. really run well, out of excuses. Yeah. I mean, like we don't really need any excuses though, because all we have to do is say, like, look, it's a no it's a fish podcast, a fish <laughs> a fish podcast with fish fans, like, yeah. If anyone expects punctuality, it's not like we were journalists and then became fish fans, or like <laughs> we were fish fans and then we're musical journalists now. No, we're just or fish we're, fans, or we're even fish fans. <laughs> really, like, there's everything is really <laughs> up for grabs. <laughs> I'm sure there's hardcores who would listen to these episodes and be like, "These guys aren't even fish fans," so we can't even rule that out. Really, let's be honest. Yeah, um, there's they, they would definitely <laughs> say that. About I like a the lot idea. of things a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the idea of recording like. <laughs> We, you know, whatever it is at this point, like 20 hours of podcast content being like, I'm not sure these guys really listen to the band. It's like, well, there's a little <laughs> bit. We do a little bit. Um, well, we actually don't. We just pretend that we listen to it. We timestamp <laughs> nothing. We actually make the timestamps just to test if anyone's listening. <laughs> it would. It's always been tempting to me in this to um, just one time randomly just bring up a song that they didn't play in this show and then just be like so they went into uh mound uh dan i gave i gave it a four would you give it and you give it a four and we move on and somebody's looking at their set list like what the hell did they delete this from the <laughs> tape <laughs> <What>? <laughs> especially if we lean Super into it like version we like, oh yeah, I took this fr- straight from the board, so maybe some of the stuff didn't make it to taper section. But I, you know, we we can't help you. Yeah, yeah. That would be so great. Uh, but we can, of course, not pull that kind of flex. <laughs> we can't pull that. That is for sure. What we can do is record a podcast about a show that we both listen to, <laughs> which is the show from July twenty fifth of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, uh, that's my brother's birthday. He would have been five years old that day. I can't remember if you told me that or not. I don't think you did. Did you? Did you tell? I me don't that? think I realized it until just now. <laughs> there you go. So you. So okay. So we're gonna get to a birthday boy later on in the podcast. That means your brother. Oh snap! And this person have the same birthday. I don't know if you ever realized that before, but we can't reveal no. that yet. That is also something that I just realized just now. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what a night, right? We, I swear we prepare for these. <laughs> we prepare. But we prepare separately, so when we get together, if we both don't know something, it's a real catastrophe. <laughs> um, usually we do kind of like an intro segment and then we get into the show. So I feel like, like I said, since the last time you went to New York City and uh, we're not going to go through it in any kind of detail, but you saw a performance by by the Fish Band. Is that uh, true oh, or false? I did. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh man, that was a great show. We were uh it was 420. We saw him on 420 in um, section 420. In section 420. 
this podcast, I know this podcast, we like to stress um, lots of, uh, you don't, you don't have to eat lots of sugar when you go to see fish. All right. You don't exactly. have to, we love sugar. You Me can and if you love yeah, you candy can, open and sugar. Yeah. We're open to it, but yeah. it's not a We're fine if you want to, definitely. But anyway, uh, the reason I bring that up is just because this show had more sugar and candy than I had ever seen in my entire life to the point <laughs> where the band started playing and all right so first off we like couldn't get to our seats because the MSG is an impossible maze and we never I never thought we would get out of that maze and so we finally get towards where we're like headed towards the seats and just the, the band started going on Karini and just smoke just come billowing <laughs> out of into the concourse to the point where ushers and like uh, concession people like ran out into the hallway trying to escape it. Wow. And, and I could not, I couldn't like, you know how they have the exit signs that glow and you're yeah. always like, man, that's funny. I wonder, you know, I wonder if they have that so you can see them in the dark. I think it's because they shine. That's the only thing that shines through the smoke of <laughs> <laughs> if there's a fire, it actually shines. Cause Wow, I could not see the section numbers, but I could see those signs. Anyway, uh, great seats at the show. I love seeing Fish MSG. The show was amazing as well. Um, did I see any? What did I see for the first time? I saw some new songs for the first time. Leaves? Did I see Leaves? Yes, I did. That was a pretty yeah, song. You got to see that. You got to see the Howling, which is one of the new Halloween ones. Also worth mentioning, there was a person at this show. Now I knew. I knew. Okay. Everyone, I knew that Kev was not at the show. I thought I knew that Kev I was, was not at, at the, the show. show. They, this could still be an elaborate joke that my friend, our friend Mike and Kev are playing on me for per- per- perpetuity, and he was at the show, but I won't know that until whenever they decide to tell me. So until then, I'm going to have to believe them. Anyway, there was a person at the show that was dressed and looked exactly like Kev. Not... <laughs> Not like one of those things where you're like, oh, that person sort of looks like someone to the point where I looked over and saw the person. (laughs) And then I turned back to our friend Mike and said, did you invite Kevin? Just not like, is this a surprise? (laughs) Are you guys surprising me right now? And then he was like, no, that's so funny because he pointed he pointed him at first. He was like, look at that guy. And I was like, oh, my God. And uh, I was like, "Okay." Well, I'm still not sure I believe this, so I texted you, Kev, yeah. to see if that person would look at their phone. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to find out. I'm going to know, because this is just ridiculous. And it was, uh, it was crazy. And then, just when I thought it couldn't get weirder, the band starts going, and the guy was doing Kev's dance moves, and I was like, all right, this needs to stop. <laughs> I only had like a brief respite when I looked at him directly eye to eye. He was coming out of the bathroom. I was going into the bathroom. We locked eyes and I was like, okay, that is not Kev. I think. (laughs) I'm more confident than I was before that that is not Kev. Do you know the Seinfeld episode where George thinks is like sort of his doppelganger in some ways? (laughs) This guy, Neil. And it's a, and so this, this is my Neil. I'm like, what is he? 
He must be like me. What does he have I don't have? You, it's almost like you want to know, but at the same time, it's your doppelganger. So if like if you meet, I feel like you're you're at the nexus of the universe. Like, yes, yeah, that it wouldn't be. It would probably not be good. It would be like that Moon Knight show if you guys met. They would be like, "What <laughs> is happening? I didn't think I had a split personality, but something somewhere twins. What is what? It or it'd be like it'd be like that movie." With twins, with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, except oh man, I don't know. I don't, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't think I've seen that one. I'm sorry. Maybe it's not called that. Maybe it's not called Twins. I don't remember if they're twins or just brothers. But that's a funny movie. But it was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of those coming. I got plenty of those coming. <laughs> what else? Did coming. I see anything really special? Anyway, yeah, Mountains was great. I don't want to harp on that because. It's, uh, you know, unfair to anybody, especially knowing my history of the songs that I've seen. Yeah. You know, that's it's it I doesn't mean, make any sense. I don't understand. I don't ask for these things. You know, I didn't ask to see the, the I didn't things ask that I've who seen. gave the order. <laughs> the, the t- Are you giving me? <laughs> you're going Godfather two on me right now. I didn't ask Trey to give the order. Do you renounce? Do you renounce you. Satan? <laughs> I, I do. You're doing Hyman Roth on me, 11 episodes. (laughs) 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 Um, You saw, yeah, because you were there to the first, yeah, you also saw, yeah, you saw The Howling. Oh, man, the good Creeny to open the show. That was killer. Yeah. Mountains in the Mist, Reba, that's, I like, I like that (laughs) a lot, a bunch. I feel like the twist was really good, too. Yeah, Yeah. that was the highlight, I remember. Yep. Saying that was the highlight. Yeah, they didn't lean into the uh, 420ness of the show. You know, they didn't do like no. a, they didn't do a whole thing. Yeah, or they did blaze on for the end to end set one, but that was like the only thing. There wasn't like a um, well maki supa or something that maybe you would have <laughs> thought was coming on this kind of holiday. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to it's uh, it. I'm glad that you had a, a good show, buddy. I re- really am. I'm not. That's <laughs> that sounded more <laughs> condescending. Glad you had a good show, man. I wish I got to see mountains in the mist. No, really, it's, uh, it's, I'm glad you, you were down there, but I'm also glad you're back so we can record <laughs> more podcasts because people are here to talk, to listen to they us. I want it. I want it. <laughs> talk about and it, old fish shows. This is the first time that I've picked a show. We've changed uh, who picks which era, so this is my first uh, prior to 2009 pick today, and... I picked it honestly only for one song, <laughs> one specific song, which I'm guessing you figured out when you were listening to the show. But it's interesting because when I picked this show in my mind, I went, you know, Dan doesn't. I thought that with the ones you had picked, for some reason, I thought, oh, he kind of goes back to like the midnight. I thought you were more kind of like a mid 90s fish fan. And then when I looked back at the episode, I was like, well, we did do one from 98 and 2000. So I guess we have hit this era <laughs> twice already in our journey. But um, and I was really curious to uh, hear your take on this year specifically, because 1999 is, I think, even more so than those other years. I think it's very specific. So um, usually we don't do stuff about the venues on uh, this podcast too much anymore, honestly, because I'm just tired of like researching <laughs> them. But I feel like it, it, Deer Creek is worth mentioning, just because it has like such a uh, 
such a history with the band. It's like one of their signature Midwestern yeah. stops uh, all the way, you know, including all the way up to shows uh, to now. It's no longer called the, uh, the, it used to actually be called Deer Creek. Now it's the, and I'm never sure how to pronounce this, the Roof, roof oh. Music Center, whatever it is that they played last year. R-U-O-F-F. Yeah. Um, They've, uh, but yeah, they, they, they've maintained uh, an allegiance to this venue for sure. In terms of 1999 as a year, I think if there's something to be mentioned for the kind of historical context of the show, it's probably that like, I think this was in some ways the sort of po- like the apex of Fish's popularity right. in the 90s um, in terms of you know by the time we get to obviously big cypress by the end of the year you're packing in you know whatever it is 85,000 <laughs> whatever people into a uh, into a, <laughs> a, a swamp <laughs> in Florida to <laughs> watch them play for 8 hours and have Peter Jennings call you the fish on uh, on late night television Yo, cheesecake it so, unsuspecting on people around the world yeah yeah just, just <laughs> say it like you're pissed <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think it, it's funny because, like, the whole thing with this, like, I know, obviously, they're playing song. Their the farmhouse came out in two thousand, but they're playing songs that that would that are, are from farmhouse that w- you know in this year that you know will become the biggest fish album, biggest selling fish album of all time, and so. We're talking about like kind of the most popular period of the band in some ways, and it's always surprised me because. I've always felt like 1999 through 2004 is almost their least accessible music for people who are not <laughs> really, really are already engaged and involved with this band. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It's um, uh, it's it's now that you mention it, it's definitely one like if so, if someone was like, what would be a good show to get into fish with? I would not pick this one because they would you wouldn't appreciate it as much if you weren't already into fish. Right. And I think a lot of people were coming into it from sort of a, not to, not to bring up the dead like immediately on this or whatever, but we are still talking about like kind of the wake of that scene changing. And I think the popularity of fish um, beginning in 1996 through this period after Jerry Garcia died and the sort of adoption of the grateful dead, scene yeah warts and all (laughs) into the fish uh community was still palpable plus they were doing a little bit the 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 music of this period the 97 98 99 is a little bit more deadhead friendly i would i guess than some of the kind of mid 90s stuff so i think that there's also a crossover of people who are interested in kind of the or kind of coming from the more traditional jam band yeah. communities maybe of the Grateful Dead or Allman Brothers getting involved in this. So I see what you did there. You underestimate my sneakiness, sir. Um, which is what I said, I think, when uh, Mike sent me a text of that my doppelganger with the caption, this yeah. is some David <laughs> Copperfield shit, which is an incredible text. It's one of the all-time oh best texts God. I've ever gotten. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I was really curious to hear your opinions about uh, fish in this year, and I honestly think that there's no better way to do that than to, uh, you know, 
start talking about the show. So, did you have anything else to add? Oh, or are you ready I'm to? So, uh, I'm so to ready to dive, dive in. Right dude. I'm in. pulling my goggles on. My swim cap's coming I can on. Tell. I'm not even taking off my clothes. My clothes are staying on when I jump in the water. I don't care. Cell phone, throw it in the air. <laughs> don't need it. All right. Well, in that case, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more five fins right after this. Five fins. We, this is indeed a podcast <laughs> about the band Finch. Um, yes, we do have to do a whole Finch episode at this point. We can't mention them like three times. Our- Various names, of course. It's just one, just one of their many names. Finch. <laughs> they go by a lot of names throughout their history. Fish, blowfish, Finch. Yes, right. Who do? You- we have to do a Blowfish. Finch episode, and then a Hootie and the Blowfish episode, and then Country Joe and the Fish. Yep. We're about to talk about a great first set that took place on July the 25th of 1999. Mm. Fifth mm. birthday? Mm. Yes. Yeah. We don't have to name check him. We can we can bleep that out. It's fine if we don't need it. Yeah. Um, do your it. Brothers... Make it like an actual bleep, though. That'd be funny. <laughs> beep. Little beep. Uh, your brother's uh, a fifth birthday. Anyway, I don't remember what I was doing on, on this particular day, but what Fish was doing is on tape for us to hear, thanks to the lovely work of the taping community who we love very much here on the Five Fins podcast, as it makes the whole podcast possible. Thanks for all your hard work, guys. Absolutely. We should. And we gals. don't do th- we do, exactly. We don't do that enough, whoever. but we should. Just, you know. We, we're point. just appreciative of the whole community. And we're coming to you on audience tape here with our set one opener, which is the song Billy the Mountain. It's <laughs> No, I'm kidding. The song, what we open with is the song Neat. Uh, yeah. This is, this is the first version they played out of five in the year 1999. Neat what? is a song from the Fish album Story of the Ghost, which came out a year before. Before this, uh, it came out in 19, uh, 1998. It is a song <laughs> about a ghost, but it is not the story of the ghost. I like Meat a lot. Uh, it's funny with this. I kind of went back and forth between between rankings with this. I I really love the song. This is a cool execution of it. Um, it's not the best opener, I would say of all time in terms of Ooh. what I what I mean by that is that I feel like it's uh, I really like it but I almost wish they had swapped these first two just cuz I do like hmm. kind of the energy coming in uh before you kind of bring this song in with that said I mean I I always like when Fish does open sets with more novelty songs like um 
or I shouldn't even say novelty in like a bad way, but you know, songs that are not traditionally openers or songs that are a little bit more, you know, sort of uh, fun and goofy and maybe you'd expect like third or fourth in a set. Um, I, I, you know, I, I love meat. I like the execution of it. It's a very late nineties fish song. So it's really fun to, to open with it when we're doing this. Like, I think we're, you know, this is like deep diving the, late 90s fish which apparently like i said we've done a little bit more than i thought but <laughs> i i'm never i'm never against um so i went with a solid uh four fins for meat dan what did you rank it i also went with four fins uh it was pretty standard but i would i would disagree though about it as an opener i think it is a great opener in terms of like you know everyone's like floating to their seats it's a good walking song you know what i mean like you can bob along to it pretty nice it's got those stops so if like you're in the going like with your beer you can do like the stop and then move and like i it's a it's it's a nice little movement thing so i like the vibe that it sets but i also concede that yeah I, i could see if you switch the first two that that might flow possibly better, but I don't dislike the flow. So I, yeah, I, I just went with a standard four because meat's pretty standard in and of itself. I don't really think, right? There's not, are there like big versions of meat out there? They've done more actually with it recently. Um, we we even saw a pretty cool exploratory version in at Hershey in 2021 that has a little bit more of a sort of, uh, like more recently, they're kind of, I guess, in the 4.0. I hate the .0 system at this point. But, <laughs> you know, since the post-COVID versions, there's been some, like, good good stuff. So, um, yeah, but, you know, the, the, trick of the, the trick of the song, of course, is always the sort of, like, you're sure that it's over, and then they come back and do the dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and it's one of those things that just, you know, I've been listening to the band for a long time, <laughs> and I've heard this song many times and there was probably out of like the however many times I listened to it for this there was like at least half of them I was like is this the end or are we dead <laughs> <laughs> so it's very effective in that manner and I think that that's like a lot of the reason the band likes playing it too I think is like it's it, I think it um it also is very indicative of the of the group songwriting dynamic with the band that was going on in the late 90s this is one of those songs that you can tell that if you've not to be like, Oh, I've played pickup basketball. I can talk about how Giannis played tonight kind of deal. But like, if you've been in a band, (laughs) like this is the kind of song you can tell this song was written like in the room. You know what I mean? This is like dudes hanging out being like, no, 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 let's do it four times. And then take a long pause. You know, there's like a real enthusiasm (laughs) to that, which I like a lot. I wanted to say two things outright. I didn't mention how we're playing the five fins game which I, I meant to, so I'm going to just uh, say that really quickly. So at, when we play Five Fins, um, we rank every song one out of Five Fins, and then the caveat is that, or caveat, is that right? No, wrinkle, the little the little added thing that Same we... Same thing. Yeah. Caveat kind of thing. is French Cavala- Caveat, you know, little, <laughs> f- the extra facet, you know, there's a lot of things we could say, is that... Um, facet is also French for wrinkle. <clears throat> I think it's face, isn't it? Something about face. I think it's French for faucet. (laughs) 
Our Belgian listeners should let us know at our uh, Our Belgian mailbag. listeners can uh, let us know at fivefinsmailbag at uh, gmail.com, which is P-H-I-V-E-P-H-I-N-S. Mailbag at gmail.com. Shout out to all the Belgians <laughs> and shout out to all the Finns. Don't we forget some, our Finns. We haven't mentioned the Finnish listeners yet, but yes, uh, if you're out I there didn't. in Finland or, or, or any any country, but you know we do love uh, our, and we do love the appeal we, we offer have in Finland. You, and we offer you some meat. <laughs> we'll offer you. <laughs> Why'd you put the velo on it? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the, so the a- added, uh, the added caveat slash facet slash wrinkle is that if I rank a song, say out of three, that means I have an extra two fins to play with. So actually, we didn't mention this going back to the last podcast because I was too busy um, talking up and potentially overrating certain songs <laughs> from the 2013 Guns Falls show. <laughs> is that you actually ended up with more fins than I did, uh, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Um, so I had I had four fins remaining, and I believe you had seven and a half. I'm gonna have to tabulate them in a in the break and figure that out. But when I mentioned that. We should maybe switch the second and first songs of this. What I was referring to is the song My Friend, My Friend, which comes next. Uh, hmm. Probably worth mentioning is the first half of this first set brought to you by the letter M. We get a lot of M's. There's a lot of M's yeah. flying at us in this. Uh, in it's not, it's Real not quick the... qu- uh, question about uh, My Uh-oh. Friend, My Friend. As you Uh-oh. know, it has that very interesting um, ending. So here comes the sneak attack. Ooh, it gets better every, every time. time. Yeah, it's there. Early um, on. It's right off the bat. This is what I mean. This is why it's a sneak. You know what I mean? I'm sneaking around. Sneaky snack, sneaky snack, sneak attack. At the end of some versions of My Friend, My Friend, of course, the band says, Mife, do you know when the last time they did that was? When the last time they had done the Mife ending? Yes, sir. Now, like up to date, to date. Oh, Do you oh know? when's the last yes. time they've done it now? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to take a stab at this here. I'm going to say 2012. Oh, oh, no, my friend. 2019 at Alpine Valley. Shit. Right? Thinking, now, is the one before it? Can you. The, I remember there's a there gap was, in between. Yeah. That. I, there's like I, three in 2019 or something, and then there's just this massive gap. Because I know there was that. the 2012 one where he actually said it in the microphone, like, isn't it embarrassing that we still do this or something <laughs> yeah. to that effect? <laughs> at Bader Field, I think, in 2012. So I was thinking. But then when you said it, I'm like, shit, they probably did it like, you know, in 2018 or 2019. I don't remember. <laughs> but you're saying they did it three times. So so is the, is Mife back? Are we back to Mife? We're in the we're in the Mife 2.0 era. <laughs> it must be. Yeah. I've always kind of liked it. I, I've always liked them ending with that. The, the, the studio cut of this is always great, too. That's like an underrated uh, fish studio track i mean my friend my friend i really like this song a lot i gave it a 4.2 fin ranking uh this is one this is version one of two they did only two in in 1999 a lot of this song really hinges on the you know the transition between the six eight or intro section that's basically kind of a 
you know, uh, an orchestral piece that's sort of, I guess, in Congress yeah. with Gaiuti, you know? Um, they so used pretty, to, you know, too. Tra- trade as the Gaiuti, my friend, my friend, Gaiuti thing. So I think these those two things were kind of conceived at the same time, and you get that feel from the early version, uh, from the early part of my friend, my friend. That, boom, boom, but it's very, you know, it's very bouncy, Gaiuti ish. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, I love it. I like I said, I almost wish it was my friend, my friend, into me here. But if I'm being honest, like the the highlights of this show begin with the next track to me <laughs> so um and and this ha- includes and this includes a good transition into the next track as well but um yeah i i went with 4.2 fin on on my friend my friend what did you rank it my friend my friend <laughs> no joke i also went with 4.2 fins we do not I, communicate I beforehand it, i feel like we should stress it's that very strange that this is happening especially because it took so long and then now we both are giving it the same but and i've I think changed my rankings like a hundred times so yeah <laughs> yeah i that's what happened as well i actually gave it extra um a little bump today uh when i was doing my last run through because they really do nail the um instrumental part of it and like whenever they go into the you know the scary part of the song i'll call it <laughs> if they nail that you know what I mean? Like it really does just like almost alter like your balance. Like it's just your whole equilibrium gets tossed and turned like a ship in a storm and there's no Russell Crowe to save you with his master and commander abilities and stuff. So that I love when they do that to me. And so I gave it a little extra uh, finage and went with a 4.2 because, you know, it, other than that, it is a pretty standard version of the song. One of the things that's worth uh, noting about uh, My Friend, My Friend as well is uh, if you really want to hear just how well uh, orchestrated it is and uh, how how well it's written, um, com- like the composed part of it, um, Holly Bowling's version of yes, uh, my friend yeah. my friend on the solo piano that really does like even it brings the song uh to life even more and just i don't know after listening to that version i actually feel like every time i listen to the song now i kind of hear it a little bit more yeah so absolutely um, i mean yeah I mean, e- even hearing like i'm not sure is there an acoustic uh, there, i'm sure there's probably like it, it's a, i know what you're saying though like hearing the tray um acoustic versions of some of these composed sections where you can just hear how yeah like hear the actual chord voicings that he wrote you know in the 80s <laughs> i remember like uh fishman talking about this where he's like you know we play rift slower now and he's like you know part of it's because we're older and we can't do it <laughs> but you know he's very <laughs> self-deprecating as he is but then he's like but part of it he's like you know i love hearing like the beauty of these sort of like composed sections that really is there when you kind of map it out on on an orchestral level, which you know was Trey's goal, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> In writing these songs, so you know, on a, on a kind of Zappa-ish level, he was always kind of viewing it like as a as a composition, a full band composition rather than a guy writing a rock song. You know, um, yes. When we're talking about guys playing rock songs, we're definitely getting into our next uh, couple of tracks here. I, I don't want to use the word lump these together because that seems uh, pejorative, but I'm going yes. to talk about these two songs in Congress, which is uh, the track oh. "My Left Toe," and okay. that transitions yeah. uh, 
uh, smoothly into the Allman Brothers classic whipping post, uh, which comes <laughs> after that. Oh, when man. I mentioned, when I said earlier that I, I picked this show because of one song, I actually, I guess, meant two songs, and these were the two that I <laughs> meant specifically. My Left Toe is a curiosity that we definitely have not hit in the in the run of podcasts here that is on the sick of disc uh which has yeah. i know something that is uh close to your heart i remember when we were yeah you and i were both getting into fish yeah oh it's definitely my favorite my favorite by far favorite album like all the studio albums and stuff i have it on vinyl not that that like actually matters because it's not like it came out when vinyl was really a thing but anytime that you have something on vinyl and you're not like a collector, I feel like you, you're allowed to say it because I don't. I only have like six vinyls, so you know, <laughs> if I ever hit another one, then I'll say that too. We won't, but. <laughs> <laughs> and is my left toe like one of the ones on that album that you would say you respond to the most, or is it? I mean, because the sick of disc yeah. is kind of like a vibe in and of itself. It's almost yep. like right. It you know, flows you don't so even, well. Yeah. Yeah. My left toe. What's the use? Quadraphonic toppling. It's really, it's, it's so atmospheric too in the show. I guess they only played this five times ever live. Is that, am I yeah, this correct is in the, that? Yeah, this, this is the fifth version of five ever played. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah. So spacey. I love how beautiful it feels when they play Sick at Disc stuff. I'm just going to throw yeah. this out there, okay? Okay. It's a slow song that I got would my give catches, everyone time I got my to relax. Mitt. I'm ready to catch you know? this. You're going to throw right, some stuff. All right, here comes the wind up. It's, okay. it's going to be a I'm knuckle or so. Signal, get, and then get ready. All right, you're going to throw gonna, some It might stuff. go in the Let's dirt. Let's go. Let okay. me, I'm going to throw a pick off to first real quick. All right. <laughs> Didn't work. All right. All right. Here comes. Here comes. Knuckleball coming hard. They oh, should boy. just do, instead of ballads, they should just do sick of disc songs because it's kind of like mm. the same purpose. And then they don't have to sing. They can rest their vocals. They can rest their voices. Yeah. You know? Um, Fishman gets like a nice little break with his, his arms, take a little ride cymbal nap, and uh, <laughs> everyone can like sit down if they want to, and I don't have to listen to Velvet Sea. No offense to the people that like Velvet Sea, of course. <laughs> I don't like to disparage. That's just a generalization that I go to because yeah. when you say it is. When you say they shouldn't do ballads, do you just mean Velvety or do you mean other songs <laughs> as well? Because I think I think like if it's like a if it's like a fast yeah. enough for you, yeah, I like that song a lot. Sixth song in like a first set, yeah, and it's well. I love that song. Yeah, that song's well, great. Hundred percent down. I love that song too. Waste is a great song. <laughs> like no, I'm just. There's a lot of ballads that I'd be I, good with. I think I'm. I'm totally, Maybe it is just Velvety. Uh, yeah, because if that's <laughs> if that's your point, then one hundred percent signed. <laughs> or just, in fact, really just bring just do more sick of dick songs. I guess what I just use is probably just like the biggest. Yeah. Like I think it's the like only the one highest... that really sticks around, right? Right has not. Uh, yeah, I I didn't actually. I should have done more uh, sick of disc related research, but I feel like they didn't. Yeah, that that's one that's kind of faded. I mean. 
yeah, the second disc is interesting because it was recorded like at the same time as as Story of the Ghost stuff, but it was kind of them jamming in the studio. So you get a lot of that right. vibe. Um, I think one of the songs that came out of that was Brian and Robert that made it on the album. So you also, I kind of connect that with like the extended <laughs> sick of disc universe of that kind of vibe. In terms of my left toe, I gave I gave it a, a I gave it a five out of five fins because there's only five out of five versions. <laughs> did you already give your <laughs> Did you give your my left toe ranking? If you did, I I, I have not. Um, I gave my left toe four point seven fins. I would have given it a five, but I am really doing like doomsday saving up with these fins for who knows what could happen <laughs> in the future but i need to i need to have as many extra fins ready to go um as possible it's like a prepper i'm doing like a prepper thing you know what i mean yeah, if the world good... if the world ended in like 3 days i would be i would be able to die happy knowing that i had enough extra fins to like really lay it on <laughs> one one last time you know what i mean so i Son. gave it 4.7 i did not shy away from giving the next one all five though if you yeah. want to take that away because my yeah. god yeah because okay so the reason i picked this show is because of this is because of whipping post which i kind of mentioned the reason i kind of said them both at the same time was because it's sort of the end of my friend my friend and my left toe into whipping post is all sort of one right like my left toe is kind of a yeah. groove you know, and it's great for what it is, but Whipping Post is absolutely incredible. I can only imagine what it was like to be there in this room, you know, by <laughs> just the audience uh, tape account. You can <laughs> get a sense of how excited people were <laughs> to hear this song. So this is the only version they played in 1999. Uh, for a period of time, they were doing this song normally in the 80s, late 80s. This song was kind of the way that you hear it on this album where Trey is doing the vocals. It's a real earnest take on the song. That's the actual, you know, All in Brothers classic that a lot of people I think know from the Live at Fillmore Eats record, but is also on their, uh, is also on, uh, uh, their studio album. The thing about this is that it's the first time that he's actually trey has actually done it since that late 80s period they did do this songs throughout the 90s as sort of a jokey fishman on vocals vacuum solo song or like right. playing weird like fretless guitar and all this stuff and um which is a, yeah well there's an interview with uh mike from the late 90s i believe it's in the onion <laughs> where he actually says like we were joking around playing this song but then we were actually in venues that the almond brothers like were playing at so the joke didn't really work anymore <laughs> so we kind of just stopped <laughs> doing it and it just it it works so perfectly coming out of this uh like i say this kind of my left toe and even towards the end of my friend, my friend, like melting into that, the, the whole j the whole vibe of the show kind of changes for several minutes to this very sort of like spacey, uh, tray soloing kind of thing. And to go into whipping post and not only have them play it incredibly well, the idea that they could kind of move the late nineties fish greatness into a song you've heard however many times you've heard it you know and that would be this great is uh yeah. is really commendable i mean 
I the fact that Trey's singing this song for the first time since the eighties, I can't imagine people in the audience like so many people in the audience like losing their minds just because they're playing it, and then people who are you know who are diehards who know what's going on are like, oh my god, they're they're actually doing it. They're playing and they're not joking around. They're really doing this song. Oh man. Just and and Trey is all over it, and of course, you know the iconic. Sometimes I feel like coming back into it is just is is yeah is is worth it's worth the price of admission. You know, you're four songs in and you're already you've already your ticket price is already worth whatever it was. So this is unbelievable. Uh, This this climbs Mount Finculus for set one for me, and this gets eight. Fins. <laughs> oh my! And was just, the reason just... we're doing this show at all because I was just like, I just, I just want to talk about the fact that like this is the last time they done it, and like, come on, guys, the whole like, bring if you want to like bring Derek Trucks out and do it as an encore or something, but you can Holy play this shit. song like incredibly well, like just do it, you know? <laughs> that would be so fucking sweet. Oh my god, yeah. I gave it five fins. I didn't. Uh, I don't have too much. Well, that's to the add. end of the podcast. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> didn't. Uh, don't have too much to add to what you said. Trey's all over it, like you said. I actually, I have, I had more to say about the next one, which is, I felt like that was the the connection between my left toe whipping post and the next song was closer than the my friend, my friend connection. Oh, I felt okay. Like yeah, mine I shifted mean... a little bit there. Interesting, yeah. But did you have any specific whipping post thoughts other than this just slaying? Because it, it really is. It's not like it's you know. It's one of those things where it's like so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like there's like so much happening in it that you're like, oh my god! Like I didn't even think to like write down timestamps in it because I was just like, yeah, this is fish in 1999 doing whipping posts. Yeah. 
the fish connection with the Grateful Dead, not this is not a Dark Star <laughs> reference, I swear. Um, <laughs> people, people always making this it connection. Could be it could be, but people always making this connection with the fish and the Grateful Dead, and like how, like something that's always stuck out to me is how, like, when asked in interviews, Paige is always very much like. Yeah, the dead. I don't know. I never really, but like the Almond Brothers, I was super into. Like, I feel like the Almond Brothers were probably among the four guys, like one of the connective tissues, right? Like, I think like all four of those guys love the Almond Brothers, and I think like that kind of mirrors the jam community. Like, the Almond Brothers are like, right? Like, who likes this kind of music and doesn't like the Almond Brothers? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, right. You know, it's that would be such <laughs> an interesting person to find who's like, I love fish, I love the dead, but yeah, fuck the Almond. Like, who, who, who is? Yeah, that I person? imagine like, that there's that literally like, no one. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that was like the one song that every single person at the venue knew that night for sure. Like, it didn't matter how many shows you'd been to, you knew that and it's song. Just, yeah, and it's just a straight like. American classic at this point, <laughs> like, like to the point where bluegrass bands Standard. can play it, and yeah, it just exists. That is the reason I chose this show. I absolutely love My Left Toe into Whipping Post and kind of the end of My Friend, My Friend. But we do go into Maki Super Policeman, <laughs> and you <laughs> said, <laughs> and I would dare say Page. Maki Super Policeman into Happy Birthday to you into Maki Super Policeman, and you said you have yeah, a lot happy to birthday. say about this. <laughs> Shout out, happy birthday, Darian. Because yeah. that's a Darian moment as well. Happy birthday. Darian. Uh, happy birthday, to, happy birthday yep. to my brother. Happy yeah. birthday to Chris Corroda. Chris Corroda. Uh-huh. Who, as you know, he does a light solo, which is amazing. I I don't know what it looks like, but according <laughs> to the sound of the audience, it must have been really, really good. Uh, Paige... <sighs> just goes insane for the whole the whole song he just sounds awesome the solo that he does in the beginning is like it just sounds like bubbles popping on a beach describe how amazing it is you feel the sunlight from his keyboard radiating into your face and it is so beautiful oh god it's uh i could listen to it over and over and over and still love it though the the when he's using the the Wurlitzer with the leslie speaker thing going on in, the, in like the middle of the song like oh man ck5 speaks yes with his lights that's how he communicates so Technically, we hear his voice. And uh, the, what's funny is when they were going to do the happy birthday thing, I was thinking to myself, oh, man, please don't. Because Trace says we're going to do it in a Rasta style. So immediately I was like, oh, please don't do the accent. Right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, cool. They're not going to do the accent. And then, of uh... course, Fishman just has to come in and do the accent, which is hilarious. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to... Gosh, it's just so good. One of the top Maki Supas. I gave it seven fins. My favorite moment, possibly in the entire show. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's it's just an amazing. They just do good reggae 
music and that synthesizer solo. Just the sandwiches in that are just, oh gosh, just triple deckers left and right. <laughs> There's lettuce everywhere. There's so many. There's it's just like the sandwiches cheese. where you, you push it down and you, you put the chips on it and then you push down and crunch the chips into there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, like the, the whipping post, not only the novelty of it, but also the um, performance of it is kind of the highlight, but it's definitely a very uh, memorable version of Maggi Soup. But when you, uh, you, there's, there's, there's a couple of things there. I was thinking, have we done like a formal, like Kuroda love fest on this podcast yet in terms of like, I don't just, know, like, but I'm always ready to. We're ready to go. Like it's, I mean, obviously he's like the fifth band member. He's, he, he's, he, his lighting direction means so much to the band. It's, he's, he's easily like the most, you know, uh, integral lighting director of any band right that's existing i mean yeah. except for i don't know like i know he likes like the guy who lo- does lights for tool and stuff but it's it's totally different because of all this like sort of you know improvisation and all the stuff that he brings to it and the fact that one thing that's always gotten me that about him that that i think is fantastic is that like i mean you talk about a guy who's a success story saw fish play and like ran into them and was hey i'll help out like literally unplugging and plugging stuff in and whatever he's gone on to be i think he has a thing with the he he's one of the lighting directors of Madison Square Garden now. He's done tours with Justin Bieber and Aerosmith and like these huge Titanic acts. Now, it's pretty amazing that he just is this part of the fish story that doesn't maybe transcend outside of the fish world. Like nobody cares about <laughs> lighting directors outside of this. Right. Maybe, but like he's uh yeah, just to see that whole trajectory is really really fascinating to me so hell yeah uh, it's thank nice you to for hear. all that you do ck5 exactly and uh, it's cool to hear the birthday tribute but the second thing i wanted to bring up you mentioned the accent thing that's a good point like <laughs> you're like i hope we're gonna avoid this one thing that's funny is that he tries to do rasta but he ends up kind of in like doing like a Scottish. He's like, <laughs> he's like, a, he's like, hey, you throw a big spliff and you don't charge with no one. It's, he, he's doing like, he's doing like, um, he's doing like groundskeeper Willie towards the end there. It's like a little, I'm sure people who are uh, listening to this podcast are super interested in it. Uh, the fact that, uh, of course, Trey says, we're going to get you so wasted after the show <laughs> kind of in, yeah. in rhyme with the, and, you know, there's there is a uh, idea here to be mentioned about sort of the um, the world that the band was inhabiting in this period of time and, and 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 what was going on. And this does play as a pretty loose, fun party time kind of show. Right. It seems like the band's having the good time. <laughs> yes. Seems like the audience is. Having I think a good they time. celebrated. I think they got wasted before for the show as well as how wasted they're going to get they were going to get after the show i think something might have been going on but i'm not one to judge i'm not one to sort of look at a show necessarily or even a period of shows and kind of go i wonder what was going on this night or that and i'm like pretty musically focused as i think you are as well yes right like but yep. yeah, there's definitely like a, f- a, you know, there's a vibe going on and you can tell this is a venue they've been to a lot of times and, and we're in the kind of full swing of what, what, what's, whatever's going on backstage that, you know, we don't need to kind of speculate on, but like you can really feel the, just the vibe just through the music. Like you, maybe what lot kind of felt like type of thing. I mean, 
being yeah. not really old, we don't know because we weren't old enough to go see them. <laughs> so we're there's not, that. I, we're, we're not trying to isolate uh, uh, people, listeners. Uh, we're, we're just <laughs> we were not. No. We were not. We were too young to to really experience. But yeah, you, know, you can tell. I mean, I think ninety seven and ninety eight is that sort of. They're changing the sound. Things are changing in terms of the community. You're getting a feel of that. It always feels like 99 is like when it kind of set in where there was like, we're this band. We're going to be huge. There's going to be a huge party every night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was yeah, like. Yeah, man. Um, so for me, if we're just talking about musically, I think this first set kind of crests with the uh, Maki Supa. Uh, thing I went with five point three on the whole oh. thing with Happy Birthday. <laughs> wow. Our next, so I gave it a yeah, I bumped it a little. Um, but you did seven for the whole yeah. for the whole vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, surprised you went with two songs over five. I'm 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 surprised. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm I'm full of surprises, and I, there's gonna be more to come. I think actually too, which is I hope that so, the next one is not a surprise. You might be surprised, but I hope I'm not surprised. Oh well, that's interesting. So the next um so the next song is "Saw It Again," and I'll I'll mm-hmm. give you the floor, uh, Dan. What you Excellent. give "Saw It Again"? Well, let me say this first about uh, about "Saw It Again." This song scares the living shit out of me in like a very good way it sounds like <laughs> really the intro yeah oh yeah dude it sounds like the intro music to like a kevin smith horror film like red state <laughs> or something like it just it's it's so terrifying the by the end of the song or whatever is i yeah or tusk yeah, yeah. Tusk. I, by the end of this song by the time that saw it again is over I am like shaking, exhausted because it is just the, the the it's like unsettling. The verses are unsettling, and then the choruses are just straight terrifying. Ooh, but I I still gave it a five. I forgave them. I know they kind of flub in the beginning, but I forgave it. I was like, you know, anything that puts me in like a horror genre vibe because I love horror stuff. So I had to. I had to, man, and I was feeling so good coming out of Maki Supa, you know. I was, uh, I was up there yeah. already. I was like, oh, I'm not coming back down. This is, <laughs> I'll just leave it at a five because we're already at the top of the mountain here. Interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah. So there is going to be a bit of a surprise, I suppose. <laughs> oh no. Um, um, I went with three point five on Saw It Again. Oh, you're getting those <laughs> fins back, huh? You're getting those fins back. That's what you're doing. <laughs> There's a little bit of fin buyback. There's uh, <laughs> maybe maybe a lot of fin buyback. What I can say though is, if I'm gonna justify my uh, my stinginess, is that Saw It Again Saw It Again's a song I like. <laughs> But this is the exact same way they play the song now. You know, I mean, there's really yeah. no difference between. I mean, in terms of Trey has more fiery stuff in this period in some ways, or he plays things differently. The tone of the song is different, like t- his his guitar tone or you know the keyboard. Like you can pick out certain things, but there's not a lot that differentiates versions of this song, and that and that's fine. I'm not against it. In some ways, maybe I was thinking like, should I go with automatic four so I don't degrade it? But uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, saving up some fins. I don't know. This um, after the first 
before I actually thought the uh, first set I was a little bit cooler on than the than the beginning of the yeah. set. But I'm I'm but yeah. okay. I was wondering because it seemed like maybe you were you were kind saw of, it again um, is about where I started to cool off a little bit. Yeah, like, I think it's from, definitely it's definitely yeah. a cool off point. Like you can tell. I think even in it's the so, audience yeah. reaction on the tape, you can tell it's kind of like. They just did whipping post into like a fun, crazy version of Maki Soup, but people are like going to the bathroom <laughs> trying to figure shit out. Right. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it seems that the set is going like funky, scary, funky, scary, just back and forth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me, Mife, my left toe, whipping uh. post, Maki Supa, saw it again. And then it goes back to funky, as you see, and then back to scary. I hadn't toying with on our that emotions. Vibe. I picked up on the M thing, meet my friend, my friend, my lefto, Maki Sipa. There's a lot of M's going on. <laughs> um, I picked up on that. No, I thought that when we talk about the second set, I have a, uh, I have a <laughs> similar but different opinion. I guess that's just to say an opinion. I have a different opinion <laughs> about uh, some of the, the flow on that, but this definitely feels like to me, this is a very like late nineties flow to a to a show, and I was interested to kind of get uh your opinions on on this stuff and it seems like we're actually not that far off right from each other's opinions where maybe there's there's things that you're a little bit higher on saw it again and maki Supa, but it's not like i i don't know the i was wondering yeah, if we're, the overall we're... We're riding in the same car. I think one of us is in the front seat and one of us is in the back seat. But we're definitely in the same vehicle. <laughs> uh, before I even find out which actually, seat I'm we're in. we're both we're both riding in the car, but only one of us is wearing a seatbelt. I don't know who it is. There's a one of us is in a motorcycle and one of us is a monkey in a sidecar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and before I find out which one is which. We're going to move on to our next track. <laughs> I wonder how people in Finland feel about Saw It Again. You guys should let us know. <laughs> at 5 mailbag at gmail.com. That's P-H-I-V-E-P-H-I-N-S mailbag at gmail.com. Anyone from any country, but especially Finland, can let us know about their opinions about um, specific fish songs. It would really be interesting to find out like, if one song really resonated with Finnish people like what if like heavy things just right? now became like a top 10 hit and you're like wow that'd be <laughs> cool um our next track is a cover of um an american music legend uh little stevie yeah. wonder and his Ooh. hit boogie on reggae woman mm -hmm. an oft covered fish song this is the second version of this out of eight that they would play in 1999 I really like this, but it's also indicative, I think, of the a little bit of the sort of uh, late 90s, uh, I don't want to say autopilot, that would be bad, but sort of the, this is a very like late 90s feeling kind of song. I think they really like the jam on this in this period. I think it fits their sort of style really well. There's really good page stuff, especially around the six-minute mark. I think it really takes over, and then let's... It's yes. Like a little bit later, maybe even around the 6.30 to 7, you get like a lot of amazing like 
mic action. So, I mean, you're getting good mic action through the whole thing, but Paige really comes alive here. Sometimes with the audience tapes, I think it's a little tough to pick up on what Paige is doing, but he's doing a good job in this set. And uh, this is one of the first really, really clear uh, versions you get of that, I think. Uh, it also gets a little jammier than I originally anticipated. With all of that said, this is, I think, a pretty standard reading of this song at this time. I mean, in fact, if you listen to other versions around this year, there's some that are better and some that are worse. And what, you know, so I was kind of going with this sort of kind of in the four region for the rest of this uh, set for me a little bit. So I went with a four. Okay fan ranking on boogie on reggae woman but you know i mean i almost wonder if i gave it short shrift i i i could be talked into more finage so what was your ranking on uh boogie on uh well i went with four and a half Mm -hmm. Um, i could see it i i could see it yeah there was a lot a lot a lot of really good bass stuff in this i mean obviously because that's the focal point of the song anyway uh when fish does it but Really, just uh, around the two-minute mark, uh, Gordo does this fill that is just absurd. Like, legitimately just unbelievable. And then, uh, again, around the four-minute mark, he's just going absolutely nuts. And I actually think that the one at the four-minute mark when he's going nuts is a spot where it would be um, now when they play it might be a synth part. Uh, So that was nice, and I gave it a little bit extra from that and then like you said after six minutes like Paige is just like yep let me boogie on over there reggae women and let me jam with you <laughs> four and a half fins like I said I th- I feel like it really fits within the framework of this time period specifically this time period really well like 1999 2000 yeah. too, where it's like kind of this um cow funk cow funk but it had you know or that's 90, 97 yeah right? 97 90 like it had evolved like i think like 97 98 is like 97 is like a pretty clean sound you know it's like a pretty clean like they do a lot of like funk oh, and yeah, they do a yeah, lot of yeah, things okay. but it's like okay yeah, and then it gets like saying. 98 it's like a little dirtier and by 99 it's like one thing i like about 99 I don't want to use this in a bad way, even though there's no other way to use it. But the, it's like, 99 is kind of like, there's a little bit of like, it's like a little sleazy. It's like a little, it's a little, like, oh, it's a little yeah. dirty. It's a little like, it's a little weird. Like, even to bring back those like, words with, are only bad outside of music. It's outside of within music. Within music, they're Yeah, within, fantastic. like, I meant, yeah, I mean it in a musical way where it's like, it's like the Grateful Dead in 1978, where you're like, it's a little, it's, it's a little sleazy, but I kind of, kind of <laughs> into it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you can, you can get a feel for that. Uh, not, I don't even want to just put it on the whole thing of like, you know, the scene changing and all of that. It, it's, it's almost it. Just even from a musical perspective, it's like when you start playing like kind of funky more disco-y stuff but then it just gets a little darker and a little darker and a little darker <laughs> you know and then you're just playing this kind of like it's a little more like no wavy than i think that they were even you know attempting necessarily just kind of the way just kind of the way it plays out you know with that said i mean i like yeah i like the boogie on the next track to close us out is Cavern. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth version they would play of 10 versions they would play in 1999. So something that, you know, with ca- with Cavern, mm-hmm. and it's 
it's something that we just we really do have to just we have to get it out of the way, yep. get it off the table. Just move it. Yeah. People. People say things when they're young, and they they write things when they're young, or they they do things when they're young that just it doesn't age well necessarily, right. right? And so, Sue should not have taken her mask off if she knew now <laughs> what we know after going through the pandemic. You know, the people wouldn't have been scared when she took her mask off, but but she didn't know just how extensive, like wearing masks, like how important that was going to be for society at large someday so i can't i can't really blame her for that but i just i just thought you know <laughs> everyone makes mistakes when they're I mean, young and i just felt like even Sue, cause a mighty stir at it, the time and that's what that's why and you know that's why i had to bring 90s, it up so like she was really i think uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna zag on your take here i think uh she should have known because like <laughs> even at the time it was controversial and then yeah, you're right. When you put it into now, it's like it's 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 a tough beat, really. Yes, uh, she's she was playing with fire, <laughs> playing with fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> good yeah. version of Cavern. I gave it four four minutes. Did you go with four? Four, yeah, just a standard. It's Cavern. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you. We considered the idea of creating a category for the automatic four. Do you think cat? You're giving this one a four, it's a solid end to a first set. The only thing I had to add was that it has kind of the good uh, late '90s ambient thing after Trey's like, "We're gonna come back and do more," you know, after he does that whole thing. Yeah. to rank it any other thing do you think cavern is an automatic four candidate for for the remainder of the podcast we could because yeah we could we could move i would it. say so we could move it if it's like i don't know if there's uh, i don't even know what it would be but yeah it could definitely drop if there's like some mix-ups i could see it going down a little bit but i also i think it in an in attendance it automatically increases because it's so much fun yeah. Also, right. maybe as on encore it might be like one because sometimes when they come out and do it for the encore, that's pretty freaking sweet. But yes, but it wouldn't be uh, insulting to consider to, no. to, to yeah. Okay, good. I wouldn't think so. Cause I that, wouldn't because be that was my because that's because that was my thing. I'm like it's a four to me, and then I'm thinking like I'm trying to really figure out a way that this isn't a four. Like <laughs> I'm willing to even something <laughs> like boogie on. I could see that being a five, you know mm. what I mean? Or being a, yeah. a, or if it was a mediocre version that was played in the wrong time, maybe a three and a half. But there's some variants where Cavern, like, they're nailing it. It's the late 90s. Kind of tough to rank. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, my, my overall take on this set is that it starts out so hot. I just love the the beginning of it. And the rest of it is, you know, pretty good. You know, it, it it's there's nothing that I don't have any problems with anything they play. 
<laughs> not that they, not that they're gonna ask me if I do, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trey's gonna call me and I'm gonna be like Frankenstein. So I got a lot of problems with this first set. Uh, <laughs> but okay. without further ado, we will take a break and we're gonna come back with more five fins and we're gonna talk about more music by the band Fish that was played on July 25th of 19. 19- Hundred and ninety-nine, correct? A D, A, A, B, no. A P. After fish. After, after Holdsworth, is there? (laughs) 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 All right, we'll come back and we'll be back with more five fins. Based on math, after the break, that the remaining fins I have is six, and the remaining fins you have is nine point one. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow you are absolutely beating me in the extra fins department, but I think it's also because you saved some of them in the last couple episodes. Yes. So now I think you're you're going to be more you're going to be spending well, more. What happened was the f- the first when we first switched. Our, our ranking system. Which was episode nine for people wondering. And by the way, after this show, we're going to be like, you know how like after the NFL AFL merger, they don't count like who won the NFL title. <laughs> like it's, it changed. We're, we're going to have to cut this like right at this point, because I don't feel like going back and like actually seeing how many we had left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, as of right now, I have six in my extra fin saddle bag, and you have about nine. You have nine point one. Yeah, we're heading into uh, set two. Um, so those are the extra fins we can uh, hand out. But of course, we can always hand out either one through five for all of the songs, as we as we are want to do. I could do that. Uh, couldn't we I? are covering the. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> Technically. Technically speaking, you could. Uh, Realistically, it's more like you can rank all of the songs three to f- three to five, and then like occasionally you slip up and have to go below three. That's that's my ranking <laughs> system. We were gonna do one through three, but then I'm like, I don't think we want to do a one. Yep. Nobody wants to no rank at a that. one, so we have to do something. Nobody wants to hear that. So, um, 
We are here covering the second set of the July 25th of 1999 Fish Show, Deer Creek, and we very much opened the set with Birds of a Feather. Caw. This is these. <laughs> Polly want a big jam? This is the. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sixth version out of 13 that they performed. Wow. In 1999. Not bad. Yeah, this is, was a new song in the 90s in the sense that it was on uh, Story of the Ghost in 1998. There's a lot to get to here. Um, <laughs> we've already covered Birds of Feather before. Um, it's an interesting song in terms of the lyrics may or may not connect to the Fish fan base in some ways. There's a lot of speculation about that, which Tom, of course, has like neither confirmed nor denied. Um, in terms of... Looking at this jam, it's the longest song. I had a few timestamps ready. I'm sure that you also did as well, I, I would imagine. So I had for the, you know, you have the beginning of the jam, but then I had sort of around the um, five and a half to seven and a half minute mark. What I thought was really interesting about this jam was that at the very beginning here, you kind of hear each member of the of the band, or not each member, I guess just Trey, Mike, and Fishman, each kind of hint at different versions of a jam that they would kind of like to do. So like at the beginning of the jam, you get Trey kind of hinting at a lot of major chord stuff. Seems like he's kind of interested in like moving the jam in that direction. But then it's sort of like they the band acknowledges that and then moves back to the traditional kind of birds of a feather type of sound. Then Mike kind of comes in for a little bit, seeming like he wants like kind of a key change. And it's all again like, okay, noted, you know, <laughs> and then nothing happens. And then Fishman at one point kind of halves the time early on. It's like around the 730 mark. Uh, but then they can kind of stay the course and then Mike and Fishman uh around the uh you know around like 8 830 8 mark they begin to accent this sort of offbeat and Trey just comes in with like this perfect beautiful kind of like major riff which is a ma major chord riff which is kind of amazing and uh from that period on, the jam kind of swells and then goes backwards. But I think this is maybe my favorite part of this jam is kind of this little section where it feels like Mike and Fishman both agree on this like boom, 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 yeah. boom thing that happens.
builds a, a riff around that. Is that like kind of where uh, was that one of the timestamps you had? Yeah, it's like the ten thirty markish. Yeah. yeah, and I I also uh, had down that when they're doing the thing where it's fish and Gordo doing that bump 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 thing. Um, I'm calling that a fillet of fish sandwich. <laughs> that's okay. that's a type of sandwich. <laughs> I love Trey's octave pedal too on this. He's he's all over with the major when he does the major the like you were saying the the major riff there the riff in the major key like his octave pedal is just so beautiful. Yeah, I I I had down to that. Yeah, I had that down as like the eight eighteen to ten thirty mark where that kind of builds up. You you mentioned the ten thirty that that's where it. Uh, I think Trey kind of leads us to this like this thing I would describe as like aggressive bliss. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's very, such a perfect this, name for it. Yeah, this very like it's uh this jam was really interesting to me because I have to admit like I listened to this probably more than a lot of the other jams we've done on this podcast so far because I just sort of was like um I liked it initially but it never sort of it it took me a while to kind of to kind of grasp onto it. Um, and I could just finish with the timestamps a little bit. So we have the, so around the 1230 mark, it kind of becomes quieter and then, you know, it kind of builds down. And then I, I like this, this around the 1330 mark that it seems like it's going to like for a period here, it seems like it's going to like lead to this huge sort of raise your arms in the air, beautiful, like peak. And then it doesn't, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Fishman and, and, uh, Fishman and, uh, Mike, kind of start playing weirder sort of more dissonant stuff it kind of and it, and it sort of builds the whole jam back down again uh to the point where trey's kind of hinting at uh it sounds like at a certain point he's kind of hinting that he wants to end the song like uh he's playing something that's very similar to the beginning of the birds of a feather riff that like that kind of chord to the point where maybe they could kind of transition back into a traditional jam on it and end it, uh, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then around the fifteen thirty mark, so this all happens within a couple of minutes. Yes. Then there's the descent into this more dark space area, and then it kind of lifts it out into this more traditional bliss, not aggressive bliss, very more traditional just bliss. Pure yes, bliss. very just nice, pure bliss, pure bliss. And then, uh, and then, just a great moment where it just rebuilds into this into what's going to become our next track, which is "Walk Away." This is such a, uh, and also I should highlight the very end of this. I almost wish they kept going for another five minutes because I love that last, <laughs> that last little section before "Walk Away" comes in. That feels very like Zeppelin-y to me in a way. You know how like people associate John Bonham with this sort of heavy drum style, but he was very Motown influenced and that kind of like boom, boom, top of the ta da ta da kind of thing yeah. <laughs> while Trey's just soloing in like a very Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix style, like classic rock kind of brought like a Zeppelin vibe to it, which I'm always down for. But then, you know, they build into walk away, which is the next track. But I went with five out of five for birds of a feather. I didn't give it extra, which is maybe surprising considering how long we just talked about it. But <laughs> this was the jam that's like, I think if, you know, it's five out of five in terms of you're talking about uh, exemplary versions of 
birds of a feather. I mean, this is like what, you know, if you were like, I want to hear some of the best ones of these from different eras. I think this is probably like in that conversation. I mean, they definitely played uh, other jammy and great versions of it around this time, but I'd feel weird ranking it lower than five. But I was the only reason I wouldn't give it more than that, <laughs> more than five out of five mm-hmm. is because I felt that um, I think this kind of jamming for me personally and the way I feel about, I guess, the late 90s beginning, you know, late 98 through the breakup in 04 um, is that I actually do kind of prefer their deeper jamming now because I feel like the band is a little bit more equipped to, you know, when we talk about like them sort of building to these kind of bliss peaks or these kind of getting quieter or changing rhythm or changing tempo. It feels a little bit more fluid now. And like, there's a little bit more of a, just, just a a sort of sense of like, okay, here's the idea that we're coming up with. We're all going to agree with it pretty much immediately and ride that out to it's like, you know, logical extension and then move on to another idea. And the jamming in this period feels like a little bit more like the mental image I have is like, a high speed train just like going <laughs> down a mountain. Yes. You know? Like there's no stopping it and so it can go in any direction, but it's not like it can suddenly change direction as much. It and and to be fair, I mean towards the end of this it does like build up and down fully like twice <laughs> in like four minutes, which is a pretty crazy thing for a band to be able to do in like a large arena in this kind of setting. So I'm not trying to belittle that. But it has this, you know, Fishman is just like on Mach 5, this entire fucking (laughs) jam. It's insane. Like, it's like running in place, you know, for this whole thing. So, yeah, I went with 5 out of 5. But, uh, you know, it's a great great version of Birds of a Feather. But, yeah, I definitely prefer this type of jamming, I guess, more now. Yeah, I gave it my, I gave it a couple extra. I gave it 7 fins. I the one a uh, thing I, I'll uh, say too about like the difference in jamming that I noticed listening to then versus now is like like so back then right it it sounds like they go into a big jam from the ground floor right and it just like goes into it but now I feel like they start in the penthouse and then they go out for groceries and then they take the elevator back up whereas like back then they're just like. <laughs> You know they're right. They're on the ground floor, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, let's let's go, let's let's go, go wherever you want." But and now it's like they start in a place where they're like, "All right, we take our time to get down to this ground floor, and then we'll go, you know, go on a little trip, go to the grocery store, maybe take a nice little ride through the park, <laughs> and then we will slowly take the elevator back up to our." our penthouse which is like the peaks but back then it was almost like they're just running up and down the stairs you know what i mean Good yeah stuff though yeah i there's so this is going to be my example uh, i guess against that style in this where i feel like there's a where there are things they do in superior you know that things that are superior now to then there's going to be example coming up very soon where I'm going to flip-flop on that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, but yeah, somebody on this podcast, I feel like I've established myself as the like, oh, Kevin always kind of loves the long, you know, early jam vehicle that goes on for for an extended period of time. And I will say, I kind of had to warm up to this a little bit more than than <laughs> than I usually do, but. You know, um, with that said, I mean, I guess my my take is like, I think there's great sections of this, but I'm not sure this is like the greatest jam of what they can do at this, even in this period of time, if that makes sense. They played, I think, superior versions to this type of jam at this time. Maybe not necessarily versions of Birds of a Feather, but like there were other versions of this type of jam that I think that were Flocking outside to this, yeah, they tease a lot. They they seem they seem to tease a lot in the the nineties and late nineties. Yeah. It's like you think they're gonna get to the peak and then they're just like nah. They're yeah, they can kind of avoid it. But like I said, I like the end of that jam leading into this kind of almost like Zeppelinish, funky, but also heavy p- thing. And then it feels like the jam could keep going, but instead we get familiar pangs of the. Uh, <laughs> Of the guitar chords of Walk Away by the James Gang. Gang of James. I, I like Walk Away a lot. This is always one I think that is kind of like, um, I, I, always, I, I, I always wonder how much of it you're missing by not being in the building just when they go into it. Yeah. feels like the, you know, sort of the epitome of the moment of this. I I like this a lot. It, it I don't have a ton to say. I went with four fins. Seems like a pretty solid version of it. And uh, coming after a, a red hot jam and coming out yeah. of that uh, leads into it. But I think, you know, as a standalone, this is like, you know, good. You know, pretty good. Yeah. So I went with a four. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I went with a four as well. I went with four fins. Uh, it's a good song. Not my favorite, though. They do a good cover of it. Um, but it's not my favorite cover really but it's nice it's like you said when you're there it's one of those songs that when you're there it's super fun but if i'm listening to it just on my own mm, i get tempted sometimes to not sit through it but yeah it's uh it's nice it was bouncy it wasn't bad four four fins i feel like that's fair auto four yeah, I mean, I think it's one that's just sort of um, one that they can kind of, <laughs> it's like a dumb thing to say, but it's like a song they can just sort of play. <laughs> like, they don't have to really, like, jam on it or think about it or, you know, <laughs> it's just sort of a song that can kind of come up, like, under Trey's fingers and be like, oh, if we just do this now, you know, people are going to go nuts and we can kind of, you know, like a bridge between two different things in a set, which I think it is here. It's great. I love the James Gang original song, too. They do a lot of Funk 49 teasing as well in different. I want to say there's like Harry Hood versions that have <laughs> teases of Funk 49 and stuff. So obviously, like they're uh, I feel like Trey's probably a pretty big. Uh, he probably owns like James Gang Strikes Back on vinyl. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, we we both like Walk Away. I mean, some of the uh, l- late '90s tempos thing too. Like it's like maybe a tiny bit slower than I want. Actually, this was like faster than I thought they would normally play it. But when when you get towards some of the later '99 stuff, they're slowing things down a little bit. I feel like you can you can get a sense of that in this. But they're still they're still bringing it at a pretty good pace at this time. Um, our next track is Run Like an Antelope. Pretty, pretty 
good. I'll let you. I'll let you go first, Dan. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I I gave it four point six fins. Now, I I obviously had a few to throw around, so I I was a little extra generous than uh, maybe I I needed to be. Um. I think it's around the 745 mark. They're doing like a build up and it's really cool, but it kind of comes off the rails a little bit. And uh, then they go for it again and it's kind of just like falls apart a little bit. But I felt like after the nine minute mark, they kind of start pulling it together a little bit and Trey and Fish like start doing things together and making some nice Sammies. And it uh, just makes for, like, a nice recovery. By the time they get to the 1140 mark, it just sounds like, you know, revenge of the Sith. Like, Trey is just Jedi going nuts, full full force in effect. And then uh, 1145, I just wrote nut. That's my take on, <laughs> on Antelope. So, yeah, I felt like this was a pretty good version. Had a few scabs, you know. So 4.6. <laughs> okay, so when I said 4.6 is a, is a good ranking, um, maybe a I little went, nice. I went, I went with more than that. <gasps> I went with really a lot more than that. So my whoa. So here's my thing: is that uh, I mentioned in here's the he, actually like sometimes I realize my fin rankings unfortunately are skewed in the sense of. <laughs> like I'm almost intellectually ranking something based on uh, like, for example, this birds of a feather. I so wanted to be <laughs> what the antelope became. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know, I wanted yeah. everything, everything I wanted when I looked at the 16 and a half or whatever it is, runtime event of birds of a feather, everything about that. I wanted to be antelope and then, <laughs> or I wanted to be antelope became. And so I just turned my extra, I just like slid my extra fins. Like it was on a bar, you know, just slid my extra fins over yeah. to antelope. Like, Here you go. I was so ready to give them out because, you know, I'm a jam hunter. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. And, and I'm, and, but you know, any j- true jam hunter knows that length isn't everything. You know, a size isn't everything. No, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. It's, it's not about, about execution. The length. It's about the execution. It's, it and is. and this is the third version of twelve uh, antelopes that they played in nineteen ninety nine. Um, I just wrote first note was great aloe vera immediately between Trey and Trey and Mike. There's a lot of aloe. They're just <laughs> slathering it on. Unbelievable. The the there's a stash cheese at the beginning too, right? I don't really know if that's even noted on dot net. Um, there is a few things on dot net that are missing, I think, from this show. Yeah, the he clearly play he I mean he's he he tries to play stash and screws up and but then he plays it the second time and it, he actually plays it, you know. Uh but I, I think that was kind of par for the course for the late nineties. Obviously there's a stash tease in the nineteen ninety four Glens Falls 13 show you and I are both aware of uh, mm-hmm. that we mentioned on the last podcast. That's what that reminded <laughs> me of. You know, there's a couple things here. I mean, there's a moment that uh, I can only describe as kind of DJ Trey, <laughs> which I always find it funny when he does yeah. that thing. He does that thing that like late 90s DJs like, um, I don't know, I'm thinking like 
fat boy slim or something that <laughs> that kind of that that trick that's very obvious but that kind of you know just double timing everything <laughs> and then for me it was so interesting how this starts out and it's like yeah it's going to be a pretty good normal version of antelope from this time period you know you're going to get uh, a lot of dissonance and then like a big payoff you know relentless tray stuff and then a big payoff and then and it's like it has all of that but that thing you're saying that he does the kind of DJ Trey thing and it, like it works, but it kind of doesn't <laughs> like they don't all land at the same time. And then around the A15 mark, it just like descends into this chaos and it's not chaos. Like the cool fish version of chaos. That's like, yeah, we, we know kind of where we are and we're going to try to pull it out. The same. It seems like there's <laughs> fishman is legitimately concerned about where the one is and what's going on and then they just the, the, but then there's this section between that they pull that back out and it becomes antelope again they're back into the antelope jam and then trey just pulls out the funk chord right around the nine minute mark and he's like like and this is kind of the thing to me about there's you know there are things that i dislike about this period of fish which i think i mentioned like i think they're better now at at they're they're more nimble and more sort of uh am, like like kind of uh flexible jamming wise especially in deep jams and there's i don't know certain tonal things that i'm not crazy about in this time period but like one thing you can't take away is like nine minutes into an antelope jam trey's not trying to like get funky now you know what i mean like they've decided <laughs> <laughs> that antelope is kind of a we're gonna end set one with it or we're gonna encore with it and it's gonna be like we're gonna play the song the jam's gonna start we're gonna start small and build big and that's gonna be the song right that's the formula and it's there's nothing wrong with yes. it necessarily but to hear something like this is why i'm like oh you know, that birds of a feather, that's really cool. There's some cool parts of it, but we're never getting anything like this again. Like, even if they jam really deeply on antelope, it's not going to sound like this again. the funk chord breakdown thing it also goes like back down to kind of nothing and then comes back into the ambience and then i wrote around the eleven thirty mark that they just build perfectly back into the antelope jam in a way that isn't like 
a slow build. It's like it takes a place like between, you know, if you were to time it, it'd be like 15 seconds between like they're doing basically nothing, playing almost nothing to full fledged in tray insane antelope jamming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's going absolutely nuts. It's one of those things as a fish fan where you go, yeah, 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 they built back into it. But like, this is like unusual for rock bands to be able to pull off <laughs> this well live. Um, I mean, I am, I adore this antelope. This is, this is beautiful. And, uh, it gets a big chef's kiss from me, and it gets a seven fin ranking. So I'm a big fan. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> any any rebuttals to the claims I've made? Nope. Perfect. So the next track we hit is Susie Greenberg. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I gave uh I gave this a f- I had a really hard time with this one, man. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Same. I gave this a four and a half out of five. Me too. Me too. Nice. Beautiful. It is the first yeah, version my whole of thing was Greenberg. It's like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Oh, Here's I was going to just say it's, it was really, it's, it was, it's obviously good. Right. But it just was like, mm-hmm. I was like, can I, I don't know if I can give it more than that compared to the rest of this show. I was like, I just, Here's what I would say. To me, this one, Susie and Boogie On were the two in this show that are the most late 90s in a way. Do you know what I mean by that? Like this kind of like, (laughs) it's kind of like cargo pants. 1999 as a fish year to me. Zip off jeans. Yeah, we got pants that you pull and they snap off. Susie uh, Susie Greenberg is a good song. Um, I, w- I was going to bring up two things. One is that we are not a fish current events podcast, but oh yeah, at the last uh, MSG run, uh, it answered the longtime fish fan question of does Susie Greenberg know about the Susie Greenberg song? That apparently that's been answered now because apparently she saw her first fish show at MSG, uh, which means silent third podcaster Mike and uh, Susie Greenberg were both there. Mike's so, like. Mike's like our witness in the room, you know. He's like the eye on the street, eyewitness news. <laughs> yeah, he like he's always at the shows, so he's like it's both silent and the, the, sense how's he the word out there on the street, Mike. There are whales in the garden, Dan. <laughs> they are floating around. There are dolphins and whales. I this is amazing. Holy crap! What an experience. I showed that to our friend and and only United States listener, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I showed him that video when he was here and he was like he talked about them for a second and he's like is that CGI and I was like no dude the, no. They, they were real like they were in <laughs> it's it's that is the crazy again we're not a current event that that is the craziest thing I've ever seen them do for new like that is insane absolute I've been watching, genius I've been watching new year shows on webcast or in person since 2011 I've watched all the old ones too like I've seen all of the gags just Wow, guys. Wow. Like we said, not a current events, but it is worth shouting that moment out because that was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. And speaking of that, that's not a good transition, but we got to keep going. Our next track. No, but that's a perfect transition, actually, right? Because you wouldn't Dan, have expected you us to to yeah. rate something lower than a four. But guess what? I did. And that's what's happening with these next parts. Interesting. Um, okay, so we hit yeah. Hold Your Head Up. 
Into Purple Rain. Into Purple Rain. Yeah. Into Hold Your Head Up. Uh, this is the just... second version of five that they played. And I'm cl- when I say second version of five, I mean of the of the vacuum songs uh, writ large. <laughs> so this is one of those. But uh, Dan, what what did you rank? Uh, Hold Your Head Up, Purple Rain, Hold Your Head Up. I, I gave it three fins. If I was there, right? If you're there, it's awesome. The, these things are always awesome if you're there. And I will say that when it comes to vacuum solos, like I stand that I'll listen to a vacuum solo. I'm not afraid to say that. Like I'll listen to vacuum solos and enjoy them. <laughs> That's brave um, of you, man. It is. But uh, I just, you know, I mm, it's there was so uh, it kind of felt out of place. And uh, I understand that it wouldn't have maybe in the time. But uh, I I just didn't uh, it didn't it didn't sit right with me i was like man i want some more of what we had going and this kind of feels like it's disrupting that and yeah uh, yeah interesting i'm so i'm you know what dan i'm 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 glad to hear you say that (laughs) 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 because i know you're a fan you and i are both fans of the vacuum cleaner gags yes this and that and we love the henrietta and we we love we're into it moses heaps any inside joke they have that involves a grown man playing yes. a vacuum cleaner to pop music, we're usually <laughs> a fan of. But the thing of it is, is that they they already did this in the show. That's my issue. They already did the happy birthday Rastafari, right? Yeah. We already we already checked off the fish humor box, and I I'm always a little <laughs> dubious when it's like. We're gonna do it in both sets. We don't need it in both sets, especially like the Susie thing was going so well. To, even towards the end of that jam, that could have transitioned into something, right? Like it didn't have to be like this. I guess if we're gonna talk about Purple Rain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing. So I mean, you know, we're talking about the late '90s. Like Prince, I think at this point was going through his like. Artists formerly known as Prince Faze, so he was like in a weird yes. spot. Um, <laughs> and you and I and our third uh, silent podcaster, Mike, were at the Jones Beach shows in 2012, which mm-hmm. were, we would presume, right, the last performance Fish will ever do of Purple Rain. Now, uh, now that Prince is, of course, no longer with us. Um, R.I.P. Prince. No, I mean, it's tough, you know, and uh, it's tough to talk about these kind of like if Prince were still alive, we would be ha- we would have a different conversation about this. <laughs> Obviously, the man is a musical uh, legend. Yeah, I literally my first note was literally the words weirder now that he's dead because, you know, these songs are supposed <laughs> to be funny when Fishman sings funny, st- you know. And to right. to have a Prince conversation is harder now that the man is gone. This is a legendary song, um, but we can at least admit that it's funny that uh, when Fishman's like, he's like, I can't remember the words, <laughs> and then I like when he's like, I'm be- yes. I- I'm I'm gonna be honest, like Prince would have me be. That's a really funny line. And then my favorite thing is probably when he says. This whole thing was an excuse to play the vacuum cleaner, which is a very Prince. Like <laughs> when he he would he would play like a song and go like, "I'm just singing this song so I can play the guitar," and then he would just like rip out like a crazy solo. But of course, like with Fishman, it's like, "I'm doing all this to play the vacuum cleaner." <laughs> um, 
there's a certain amount of fishman related humor <laughs> that I would like in one fish show. And we and we especially when we're hitting the like third part of the hold your head up. And, yeah. and we thing. just had the Susie. And we just had a Susie, so he just did like the yelling thing. We just did yeah, yeah. He's already he's already got that going, so you're like Fishman, I love you. This is, and again, it it kind of points to, I don't want to say this totally, but it points to the fact that maybe we're getting toward the end of the show here. And uh, are the boys a little fuzzy headed, you think, going into. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, though, I've been on. I've, uh, you know, yeah, I've been, I've, I've taken some sugar in my time and I've had some good, but I could never play. A song like our next track on any kind Ooh. of I couldn't play it Stone yeah. Cold sober. I couldn't play I couldn't Goodness. play you enjoy myself if I was sober as a judge. That is uh this is the sixth version of You Enjoy Myself played out of eighteen in nineteen ninety nine. There's ducks. You yeah, know, I was gonna that's say like if uh vets shouldn't be able to say anything to us ever because they got that many versions of, <laughs> of Yam in a tour. It's like it's like how dare you, sir. How they're dare already, you? They're bored with Yam, and it's like, how how many years, I wish I had done this as research, how many years would it take if if you saw every fish show now to see 18? It would take, what, five years to see 18 versions of Yam if you saw every if show? If you went to every single <laughs> show, yeah, maybe, including Mexico. Um, Look, you enjoy myself. <laughs> We're talking about, this is this signature song. I, I feel like that's true. Right, I feel like this is the, yep. if you, it, the, the, not to say my favorite or your favorite or but to say if you know the quote unquote like uh, if an alien were to come down and say what does this band sound right. like you enjoy myself would probably be the choice right it's uh it, it yeah, it's I think the so. signature it's tune. a collective favorite um it's one of their oldest songs it's one of the it's the most performed song in their history in my uncle many times. But it's like if me and my uncle were Terrapin Station, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like if yes. if it's like if yeah, they performed that's a really good example. If you performed one of your best songs the most, I'm saying a lot of this stuff because I don't have a ton to say about this version of "You Enjoy Myself." Hey man, we're listening to "You Enjoy Myself." It's 1999. They're ended. Trey has left a drum kit and picked up a guitar and started playing "You Enjoy Myself." I'm not a guy to complain about that kind of thing <laughs> in my lifetime, and uh, I really like it a lot. Um, I didn't go five out of five just because I, I don't know. I actually would have preferred if they had done something else and then sort of slotted this in here as. Th- the end and then the encore the way they did but that's i guess my only complaint there's a cool extended space section during the composed part which was a staple kind of the late 90s yeah a lot of the these late 90s versions are gonna probably slate somewhere between four and four and a half for me um and i went with 4.5 fins for you enjoy myself interesting i i gave it a boy man god six <laughs> I 
my rule of thumb with Yem is if they get through the big part, uh, like the the second long note without any mess ups, that's an auto five for me, dog. Gotta be a five for me, yeah. dog. If that's fair. Uh, yeah, also, that's fair. yeah, and on on this one too, they had some uh, serious sandwiches going. Uh, well, they were on the tramps, so obviously on the trampolines, no tomato on the sandwich, but still uh, tomato on the plate, just not on the sandwich. <laughs> kind of like how they put a pickle on the side of uh-huh. a plate. You don't have to eat it, but you can. So, you know, there's a tomato on the side. And then uh, there is a boogie on reggae woman thing going, and I don't think it's marked yes. on fishnet. Yeah. I could be crazy. No, but- you're right. He did, uh, Trey does a boogie on reggae woman he does the on yeah. guitar, yeah, towards the end, yeah. So, and then I also just have to say that uh, I don't think anybody out there dislikes the vocal jam, right? Like, is that even possible? They're just so I amazing do. and beautiful. No, see, I you think that you don't, but I, here's here's this thing I that I'm I came raising up my with hand. today, right? You so keep saying if, words, but I'm if, raising my hand. If I just pretend that I me. never hear you say that, that you don't like me? it, then I will always everyone sees that think that me. nobody dislikes the vocal jams. So, for example, I was Kev, saying, boo how do you feel about vocal jams? <laughs> don't you, don't you just love the vocal jams? Aren't they like the best thing ever? Um. <laughs> See how much he loves them, everyone? He's speechless. That's how amazing they are. Um, and everyone should listen to them every time that they're on. And if you're in a public place while the vocal jam is playing, you should turn it up as loud as possible. Especially if Especially I'm Especially if you're around yeah. normies in an airport, possibly. Definitely do it in an airport. If you get arrested, that's not my fault. If you if you got candy on you, yeah. Listen to that on some candy, you know? That's a, I love that stuff. But anyway, I am a vocal jam stan. And uh, <laughs> I will go to the grave saying that vocal jams by Fish at the end of Yem and Donna Jean Godshaw yelling and playing in the band are fantastic things <laughs> that deserve more respect from the world. Um... <laughs> You know what? The vocal jam cab is like Dark Star. All right, it's not for everybody. How, how, how dare you? How dare, how dare? How dare you? It just reaches ethereal levels of improvisation and and, and beauty. Um, we're sorry. This user has disconnected. <laughs> But yeah, I did love that. Yeah. So I gave I gave Yem uh, six fins, and um, I love Yem, and it probably is one of my top. Probably if yeah, like a top. I think I'd say a top five song. Yeah, no. 100%, when I say top I mean, five, it, I also mean like you know our top five is like actually fifteen songs. But yeah, <laughs> with I I like all of the elements of of Yem except the vocal jam part, which is like totally he lied. Uh, just like he's just kidding, everyone. Which is like the most uh, <laughs> like we <weird, laughs> like the most 
we are stoned in a dorm room trying to figure out how to make music element of their music that they've continued that they've just doggedly continued. That's, with that said, I mean, it's when you're it's in called a, avant-garde. Yeah, when sir. you're when you're th- when <laughs> when you're there, it's cool because the lights are cool and it's CK5's yes. birthday, so I assume he's like bringing it with the lights or Going something. Going nuts. Um, but yeah, I don't. Should we do a vocal jam right now? <laughs> See what we just did is like basically as good as anything they've ever done. Um, Oh, no comment. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't always play by the rules, man. You know, I'm uh, I'm an outlaw. (laughs) <laughs> he plays it loose. Plays it loose, people. Um, Doesn't like vocal jams, and he he, <laughs> he goes he goes for the jugular. Which, a uh, a thing we can definitely both agree on is, I assume, the next song. Maybe not the ranking of the or the rating of the next song, but definitely our opinion of the next song. Yeah, definitely. So the our opinion of the next song is is going to be pretty high, which is uh, "Loving Cup," uh, which is the encore. Um, this is the now here's uh here's here's something interesting. I don't know uh if uh, I I assume you you know this, Kev. I don't know if a lot of our listeners in Finland would know this though, and that is that um, uh the fish actually uh, a lot of people attribute this song to the Rolling Stones, but it's actually a the Stones are covering the fish. Uh, <laughs> the fish wrote this back when they were backing up Country Joe. As uh, oh, Country right. Joe uh-huh. and the Fish, uh-huh. yes. So they actually wrote this, and then um, Mick, Mick Jagger heard Trey playing it one night, just like in the back room. He was just fiddling around, and and he was like, "I really like that. Can I take it? Can I use it?" <laughs> and he was like, "Absolutely." And he was like, "Thanks," or however Mick Jagger sounds. <laughs> and so that is actually how that song was made. That was a three year and a half. Uh, Finn uh, Mick Jagger impression, I would say. You, it you was got... probably closer to like Keith Richards. I don't actually know what <laughs> Mick Jagger sounds like. I don't have a. It's tough for me to be like a music critic about like my favorite band playing a song from one of my favorite albums <laughs> really well. <laughs> you know, I I just I gave this five fins. I don't know. I don't have like a ton. I don't have a ton to add. I to actually, it. yeah. Yeah, I went over. I I gave it seven fins. Wow, um, I love it. Yeah, I I as you know, I freaking love when Fish does any rolling or when Fish does any uh, Stones cover song that the Stones also do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to blow my own cover. Yeah, anytime that's the that Fish does Stones covers, I love it. Loving Cups, one of my favorites, and also anytime that Loving Cup goes over six minutes like i'm just gonna start throwing fins at it just throwing them <laughs> until they stop playing like just woof, 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 more 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 also that little thing that happens at the end right like uh oh i should say uh, i wrote uh at 5 30 is like a crazy climax and also at that part is uh fishman and uh page are really going for it and i called that a, a sammy with extra perkles instead of pickles because of uh of percussion um <laughs> at seven i wrote at seven fifteen. i wrote 
my goodness, this is the encore. And then, uh, yeah, that last like little jam after like when Trey goes to like say thank you. And then I don't know what was happening, but someone decided, I think Fishman or someone was just like, we're not done playing yet. I'm going to keep. Yeah, there was like a jam. That, I'm glad you pointed that. There was kind of that like it's just unreal. All right, thanks, every oh, uh, it, like it, it, it's like yeah, because Trace and he even says something like he's saying something, like he's saying something, and it's like it seems like the it seems like the night should be over. It's already the encore, and it's just and it's not over, and it's just so good, <laughs> right? And it's just it's literally one minute of just random jamming, and it is just insane. And it's like, how can you still have that much in the tank, John Fish? Wow, I get exhausted mowing the lawn. I can't imagine playing drums for like two and a half hours. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and then you're just like, no, I want to keep going. But anyway, just a great show. It's really a a different. It's interesting that 99 is so different from like when we listen to Lemon Wheel. Yeah, it's it's very different than that that, that kind of vibe. And, and I, I I really like uh 99 it's also it's also funny because i picked this show and then i i like this these kind of fishes and like really hot sort of almost oppressive like heat weather and then we kind of got that here in upstate new york within the best couple of days which i didn't plan on when i picked this show but you know that kind of like there's something about the jamming that's like very like you have to be like sitting in like a in like a beach chair just like soaking it in (laughs) it's not like a there's you can dance to it but it's also like yeah we're just gonna kind of go off on this for another you can dance if you want to (laughs) you you can can leave your fins behind (laughs) well there you go so i'm at 8.5 fins remaining dan is at (laughs) 8.1 Oh shoot! I didn't know I dropped below you. Now, now, all right. Yeah. Now this is getting. It's all right. I'm saving mine for the. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm. I'm my, my strategies and, lined up. I've got. And it. you do know what you're doing because you know what. Uh, I'm real. You know what. I'm real. You know what show you. Yeah, look, what are your kids' names? I, have I kids, look. Okay. I, I'm real. Um. Our I'm next. Real. <laughs> our next. Uh, our next episode is chosen by you, and I think in the new tradition of Five Fins, you have to, on air, you have to address to the world, Dan, what is the next show that we're going to tackle on this podcast? Oh, excellent. So uh, next up, we will be heading, where are we located right now, Indiana? Uh, so yeah. we're going to mm-hmm. keep heading uh, west, southwest, down to the land of St. Louis, where we will be attending the 2019 show uh, that Fish played there uh, right while the St. Louis Blues were busy winning the Stanley Cup back east. yes, yeah. So our next uh, selection is from the June 12, 2019 show from the Scheifetz Arena, St. Louis uh, University. Wow, yeah, this was the St. Louis Blues were about to win the Stanley Cup that night. Wow. Okay. It's going to be our next selection. We want to thank everybody out there who is listening. And of course, for real, we're not kidding, even though we kind of are a lot of the time on this podcast. This we are 100% not kidding about, which is that uh, (laughs) you can email us if you are listening 
at five fins mailbag at gmail.com. That's P H I V E P H I N S mailbag at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you Thanks, next everybody. time on Five Fins.